the writer Frederick Beekner, who happens to also be an ordained Presbyterian minister, tells about a conversation he had with his Unitarian grandmother one time, where his grandmother said to him, I never went in much for miracles. Tell me, dear boy, what is a miracle? According to Frederick Beekner, miracles are those times when one plus one equals a thousand. Bigner writes, maybe it is a miracle that happens when you shake hands with your left hand instead of your right hand. Right hand, left hand, what difference should it make? Except, of course, that it makes all the difference. Because right hands have long since forgotten how to clasp in any but a chit-chat way, and right hands touching do not often touch life into each other. But the left hand has the advantage of inexperience. To clasp left-handed is, for a moment at least, to clasp of all things another human hand. And one plus one is more than two. And it's interesting to hear these words now at a time when we have essentially been fasting from all handshaking and I've found that even shaking hands with a right hand is an electric thing. Well, God's economy is strange. It does not add up because it more than adds up. And so we resort to calling that miracle. In the realm of the miraculous, to give is to receive. To lose one's life is to gain one's life. And the Gospels are filled with miracle stories. We have these four Gospels, and they all tell an account of the life of Jesus, his teaching, and his miracles. Um, and interestingly, they tell the stories in different ways. They include different details, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll find different things in the different Gospels. Some are mostly parallel, and some places are not so parallel. And I think it's interesting that when the Gospels were compiled and put together into the New Testament, it was allowed for there to be imperfection, for there to be some disagreements between them, because what we end up getting is four different vantage points. And we get to hear the story of Jesus in stereo. But this particular miracle story, of all the miracle stories, amazingly, this is the only miracle story that appears in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. And so it must be important. And there is a popular preaching tradition in recent times that I have heard from various pews where I have sat in my life, and maybe you have as well, uh, a popular tradition of interpretation of this story that, well, you know, there were only two loaves and five fish and there were 5,000 people and so it's impossible that there really could have been a feeding for all those people. What must have happened is that all of a sudden when the loaves and the fish were presented, the people remembered they actually had some food after all and they shared it with one another and the miracle is that people shared, which is a beautiful story but that's not what the text says at all. The text tells us about a miracle, something incredible that happened. And for us, the point is not to believe something that is nearly impossible to believe. The point is to wake us up. 
The point is to open us up because whether you believe that this exact story happened exactly this way or not, we are meant to be opened up to the miraculous, the economy of God which is real and is in our midst. Believing something hard to believe does not bring salvation, but an openness to the miraculous does. Now I mentioned that the four Gospels tell the story of Jesus in different ways and with different details, um, but they're not all equally different. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are thought of as the parallel Gospels, the synoptic Gospels. The fourth Gospel, in order, is the Gospel of John. And uh, scholars refer to John as the fourth Gospel because it is so different from the other three. The language that's used, the material that gets included. And if you've read the Gospel of John separate from the other three, you may have noticed that there is a cosmic perspective. It's like looking down from a higher vantage point and seeing the spiritual realm everywhere. And so all the Gospels have a symbol for them, an an animal or a human. In the Gospel of John, Do you know what the symbol is? It's an eagle. And if you look around this church, which is named for the writer of the Gospel of John, we see eagles everywhere. There's a big eagle right here. We have eagles embroidered into the fabric around the altar. There's an eagle on the lectern over there. And if you look down, next time you come up closer to the altar, you'll see there are four heads sticking in four directions. And the eagle is the one facing this way. The other three represent the other three Gospels down around the base of our lectern. And so in the Gospel of John, with this spiritual and this cosmic vantage point, one of the surprising things that we get is that when it comes to the Last Supper, which we have, we have Jesus at the table with his friends and his final teaching. His teaching when he tells them that they are meant to love each other, And they're meant to wash each other's feet. Interestingly, there are some Christian traditions where washing feet is actually one of the major sacraments. Could you imagine on Sunday if we washed each other's feet every day? Uh, We do it once a year, Monday, Thursday. But in the Gospel of John, we don't have Jesus instituting communion. We don't have him at the table breaking bread and distributing it. And so you may think that the Gospel of John doesn't value the Eucharist as much, and yet, Eucharist is woven throughout the gospel. You may not have noticed it, but it's right here in the middle of this miracle, where Jesus takes the food that is available, he gives thanks, he distributes it. It's Eucharist. And a few verses later, we don't get this in today's reading, but in this very same chapter, Jesus explains what's going on and he says, you need to understand that I am bread. I am nourishment for your soul. The words are, I am the bread of life. John weaves the Eucharist throughout. And when we receive Eucharist, we are touching this story of the feeding of the 5,000 too. Whenever we step forward to the altar to receive, we are stepping into the world of the miraculous. C.S. Lewis, who wrote a whole book on struggling with what miracles really are about, he wrote that 
Miracles are retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. The role of miracles is not to amaze us, but to elevate us. It is a miracle to go from hearing the notes to hearing the music. Faith is not believing things that are hard to believe, but giving ourselves to the wonders of God's economy. It takes faith to cross the street. It takes faith to make a friend. It takes faith to come to the communion realm. And with faith, we ready ourselves to be surprised, to touch one another, and to see that one plus one equals a thousand. Amen.